In case you missed part one, why are you listening to this thing backwards? Anyway, Aston and I talked about Arsenal versus Leicester, the VAR controversy. We actually talked so much about it, we forgot to even talk about the one goal we did score that actually counted. Then we started straying into a stream of topics in part two that runs the gamut on the Premier League, our rivals, transfer outcomes, and of course, user questions. So enjoy part two. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds, a young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Totten and Hotspur, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan. Hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared, Ewan, Magic, Aston, Andy, and Miguel, and the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Seven. 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 Welcome to the Gooners Pod. But, um, yeah, that's the thing about Mudrick is nobody, I don't even think Mudrick... Uh, uh, disagreed with the fact that he was being way overvalued. And honestly, his value should have been somewhere around what we paid for Trussard. Like, and, and that's he's a, what, he's a 45 million pound player who with one more really good season could easily have become an 80 million pound player. But you know, the, the, the whole thing was ridiculous. Again, I, I, I gave, I gave Adu and Arteta and KSE my full support in whatever they wanted to do or not do. When it came to to Madrid, which is why, at the risk of 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 the rabbit hole, which is why I, I I just thought it was so bizarre that there was such a strong reaction when we just decided not to continue to get played and, and sign him. But you know, I, I get the emotional aspect of it. Outbid, outworked, out hustled by Chelsea yet again. Uh, not working out so well. When a player goes to some place that they don't want to go. And they're playing in a completely disheveled, non-organized, uh, non-process. We can we can we can flip over to the Chelsea talk now because that's a perfect segue. Because I don't know if you heard, but uh, Graham Potter said something interesting this week. I'll give you the quote. It says, "We were talking before the game about watching the Arsenal All or Nothing documentary." He said, two years into Mikel's reign, he's close to getting the sack, and people are wanting him out, and it's a disaster." Obviously, now things have changed a little bit but that's just the way it is and that's him responding to criticism about his performances and i have this to say about it keep my manager's name out your mother effing mouth okay i'm sorry i mean he is right there was a point when Mikel arteta was close to being sacked and 
you know, so Mikel Arteta also okay. got six hundred million dollars worth of um, um, funds for his team. Oh wait, Mikel Arteta also had uh, had uh, the, the uh, largest January transfer window ever in the history of world football. Oh wait, like I, I, it just. Yeah. The way that he's I think you've gotten Mikel Arteta and Graham Potter confused. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what it is? Because yes, like, I think I, I yes, I think uh, you know, uh, it's sad though, isn't it? Our guy Potter's their guy. That you're describing the things that they've done. You're you're right. You're right. I I'm sorry about that. I just get so confused because they're so clearly similar. Yeah, it's just the same situation. I just think it's sad. And they're, you know, they're similar like, in the every is, single way except for all of them. Huh. I said they're so, they're similar in every single way that you could possibly compare the things, except for all of the ways that you could compare them. Can we all like admit, like, let's just like let's cut through the bull crap and let's just be open about it. Everybody's enjoying watching Chelsea go through this. Oh, There's a reason God. why everyone's enjoying Chelsea go through this, and that and it sucks because I actually wasn't. I'm not a Potter hater. I I, I don't really think too much of him, but I, I I think it's unfortunate. But listen, man, when you lie down with dogs, you get up with fleas and. This Have situation you... is just emblematic of the of the just stuck up, like irresponsible way that Chelsea's been operating for at least 20 years now. Well, I would even argue that this is not a continuation of the way they've operated for 20 years. This is a new, worse. I mean, <laughs> I love it. They would go spend money. They would splash the cash on really good players. Now they're splashing the cash on idiots and okay that's a bit harsh on the players but they're they're splashing the cash not to like make sure you get great players but just to spend the money period and 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 it's there there is no there is no plan this summer and and i'm still still working on this magic mike shows you the money on chelsea i i I can't tell you how much i want to i mean it's, it's it's almost irrelevant because it was meant to come out during the january transfer window but like what they're going to be doing this summer, assuming as it looks very much like they're not going to be top four, much less top six, they're going to be selling a lot of players this summer. Well, and and, and the, di- the 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 market dynamics of that, whether they are able to get good prices because they're Chelsea, or whether they'll absolutely be you know having to having to let players go at bargain basement prices because they. Because, like with Arsenal in recent years, everyone knew that they, they that they need to get rid of these players. There's going to be a mass exodus from Chelsea this summer, and it's just going to be fascinating to see whether that exodus is done in a way that leads them into a process where they finally just start focusing on their core and building to it, or whether they just keep just just vomiting all over the wall constantly and hoping that you know that it looks like good paint. You know, it's interesting that you say that you, you said that you think that this is a, a a brand new crappier process, which I see where you're coming from. I don't want to throw shade. I think that's great analysis. But I would would like to play devil's advocate. Is this not the Timo Werner Ziyech Havertz year all over again where they spent they didn't spend as much money, to be fair. But I think if you consider inflation, maybe this seems because. All of those players ended up like we all thought that those players were going to do something. And the argument then was when they didn't bang immediately, they said the same thing. Oh, well, it's a project. They need to get, you know, get some time to get bedded in. And I'm sorry, Havertz has not gotten any better. I have a counterpoint to that. And he's probably the best of the three that you just mentioned. Yeah, probably. That's what you said. Yeah. Counterpoint to that is those three were young superstars. 
in in mm. Germany and um, and and who's the third uh, in Germany and and Zayek was at what? Uh, where was he? Um, uh, he was. I think he was in. Um, where was he? I think he was in. He was in um, the Dutch league, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I but could I be mean, wrong. Like, Audience, correct me if I'm wrong. I know you guys are smarter than us. Yeah, these were established good players who they made sure they got by overpaying for them. Mm. Who all who who both struggled to adjust to the Premier League and also came into the club while there was a a no real stability in either management. I, I mean, what they came in in the uh, in the uh, the guy before uh, Tuchel era, right? Uh, but there was just kind of they were just splattering Galacticos or or future Galacticos who they were paying like Galacticos in there. So their reasons for for not working out and the strategy behind getting them, I think, were almost defensible. Where and they overspent for them because they could. Whereas what they've done in the last two transfer windows is buy a bunch of guys who 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 they may very well be good players, but they're unproven, Mudrick being amongst them, and way more than their market value. I mean, they, they might have paid $70 million for Werner when, when... Oh, did we lose Mike? I think we might have lost Mike there for a moment. Yeah, and I do, but but just to continue on his point, I do I knew he was going to... As soon as it was brought up that my Comcast was working, as soon as it was brought up that my Comcast was working, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, uh, Mass Gunner, you piece of those Chelsea purchases were overpays for for top quality who didn't adjust these are overpays with over commitment I mean and by that I mean eight nine year contracts to guys <laughs> that if they don't if they don't work out they're not going to be able to I mean, Timo Werner was sold for a net loss of five, of four or five million pounds, and that is because of amortization. He was bought for seventy. He was sold for thirty. But but he was he, he was there for two years. They used them up, and and so they when they sold him, normally you're like, okay, well they get to bank thirty million for the sale. <laughs> you get to Dang bank thirty million for the cast. sale. Always, Always dropping. dropping. Um, but yeah, the I mean they they almost got out of the Timo Timo Werner deal without the worst case scenario happening, but. Uh, but these purchases are completely different uh, because they're not even, I mean, they're not even playing Mudrick anymore. <laughs> They've already committed to the guy, you know, for, is eight, it crazy? Is it crazy that they days. did that right after the Lukaku situation where you just spent a hundred million dollars on a player that you ended up not even playing just to do this, this exact same thing again. You know what? Long it was, way it it wasn't about signing a good player. It was about outspending Arsenal and it was about appearances because of Ukraine and Russia. That's what it was yeah. about. It wasn't about buying a great player that you're ready to plug into the lineup every week and and valuing him at 100 million pounds. Nothing to yeah. do with that, with what went down there. Not only that, I don't even think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe those of you that have been, you know, closely following Brighton can correct me here, but I just don't think Potter's a great coach for developing young talent into like elite attackers. Oh, I disagree, but I don't think that Chelsea's the team where you can afford to do that. Oh, maybe you, you can't develop young talent, and and the irony is, I don't know how reliable this is, but did you hear today who Chelsea are apparently sniffing around as a potential replacement? Oh, to Zerbi! Oh my, it, that can't be real, right? There's no way 
I wanted to. I want it to be real. I don't want it to be real because I actually think Deserby's a good coach. But yeah. I want it to be real because I mean Brighton was already like like I can tell you right now, being at the Amex in the home section, surrounded by home supporters for for the the Liverpool game a few uh, a month or so ago, month and a half ago. Chelsea's they're not big fans of what Chelsea's done with their club. I mean, we've signed a lot of their players, and yet I don't think that they are really anti-Arsenal to the extreme that they're anti-Chelsea. They got so much enjoyment out of that win against Potter at Chelsea. I know people who were at that game, a couple of different people, and they were like, it was the greatest day of of, of Brighton's really, really bright season so far. And Earth. um but if all that you fans out there, by the way, welcome, welcome to the club. We all hate Chelsea. Welcome to the Premier League, where we all hate Chelsea. Yeah, None of us, us have ever give liked. Us your, give us Caicedo and uh, Matoma, because <laughs> if you don't, Chelsea's going to come sniffing for them. But yeah, the uh, the absolute cheek, if that is true, of of going after Deserby would absolutely. I mean, it would just be unbelievable Schadenfreude for me if they you even wouldn't if, put it past Chelsea because no, been no, of course not. Out. That's the worst part is like you have you half 15, of you believes it because it's Chelsea. And they're going to pay 15 million pounds or so for, for Potter in dead money in, in, in what they call uh, um, uh, what the, what's the kind of charges that they uh, on the balance sheet, on the income statement. It's like dead money, but it's like special ex- oh, exceptional charges or something like that, which almost oh, yeah. oh, which almost in our case, once it was it was for refinancing the debt. But it almost always means coaches that you're still playing paying even though you <laughs> sacked them uh, and and I can't wait to do to, to dig into that but yeah I mean Potter they, they can't possibly have Potter at the club over the summer flood him with even more signings that they're going to try to make sell players from out from under him and you know that they're not consulting him on jack shit because mm-hmm. he didn't even want or ask for Mudrick so I don't think he wanted uh, Enzo either, to be honest. Oh, I think that was the one he was like, "Oh, I okay, fine." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's. I keep forgetting about Enzo because that has the potential to actually work out. Um, although we're not seeing it so far, but yeah, I mean, he. I don't think they. I don't think they look at him as having the influence in the. And this is their mistake because they need to find someone and and at least cater to what he feels on the pitch could help him. Not just throw money at him and throw Van Goghs and Picassos at him, and and you know, and not have him necessarily have a place to put them all. You know, you know what's really funny is whenever I watch Chelsea now, and I, I trust me, I get the irony, but man, could they use a Jorginho next to Enzo? <laughs> so great, like, like incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And they're, probably, they're probably looking at what it would take to get him back over the summer. Could you imagine if we sold Jorginho back for more than we bought him for? It would be the most Chelsea. He would have like, left. On, okay, so he would have left on a free. He would have left Chelsea on a free in June. We gave them. We bailed them out by giving them twelve million pounds for him, and then, and now we've signed him for eighteen months. So this summer, now we have an opportunity for them to spend sixty-five million pounds on him. From, you know, and get him back. That's brilliant. That's what we need to do. I mean, isn't that what happened with Pogba? Listen, chap- chapeau, Edu, chapeau. You know, um, speaking of talking about um, other things going on in the footballing world, I guess, you know, there was a, a cup final or something. I hear it's the Mickey Mouse Cup. I forget what it's called. Uh, no, 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 no. Hey, it's important when Manchester United win it. 
Oh, it's oh, really, yeah. really important. So don't make fun of the uh, of the, uh, the the Caribbean cup or whatever it's called. It, it, it's so it's so funny because the thing about it is like Manchester United were really getting into Spursy territory, and nobody was really talking about it. No, no trophies like, at all in what six or seven years for, yeah, for it was like Manchester seven years. Effing United. Yeah, and, and and the sad thing is, is like I I really wanted Newcastle to win, even though I didn't want them to win because I don't like the uh, the financial doping clubs. Even though um, Newcastle hasn't really gone crazy, crazy Newcastle yet. hasn't done anything wrong yeah. yet. Yet, no, they haven't done a thing wrong yet. Their their development is 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 both fair, reasonable, responsible, and sustainable if they continue along the path that they're doing, and they're going to have to. If they get European money next season, and, and and we agree with that, especially and you know hats off to Eddie Howe. I really do think that he's probably one of the more undersold stories of the season. I I, I think that if Newcastle managed to get top four, I really do think unless Arteta wins the league, they he might be manager of the, the year for me. That I just think that's an incredible job, especially given the because he's doing the opposite of Potter where he's taking players that were at a, a much lower level and bringing them up. Like Almiron looks a different player under, uh, under, uh, under mean, Eddie Howe. They, they spent a lot of money on Isaac and he's not necessarily impressed. They spent, they spent a reasonable amount of money on Guimaraes and he's been a great addition. So, I mean, they're, they're doing like mm-hmm. similar to what uh, City did in the early years. They're bringing in one or two guys with names and pedigrees each year or each window, I should say. And, um, you know, and, and they're still, you know, their team is still full of the Manchester City equivalent of, you know, of your Stephen Ireland's and, and uh, you know, all those guys who were kind of, I mean, if you look at the, like the 2009-10 Manchester City roster, you're starting to see Rubinho. You start to see, um, who was it? You start to see, uh, uh Sergio Aguero, you're starting to see these, you know, these uh, all the Arsenal people that they brought in. Uh, you're starting to see them come in, but then you're also seeing these Jamokes who were who were like literally responsible for why they were 14th in the in the table every season, playing alongside them, and that's where Newcastle is now. So I agree with you because the ceiling for that Manchester City team was eighth. The ceiling yeah. for this Newcastle team is third, and it's and, and just that alone is impressive. I don't think that they have what it takes. To sustain this, I do think that they'll fall off, and they'll probably be trying to cling on to a Europa League spot by the end of the season. Who do you who do you think is going to pip them for this spot? Do you think it's going to be Liverpool or Spurs? Hard to tell. That's like it's like asking. Crazy that I hope it's. I mean, well, no, it's not crazy. I hope it's Liverpool, but but I mean, I I I'd love for Newcastle to be. Except that accelerates their rise. I I, you know what you know who I want I want Brighton or Fulham to do it. It's just not going to happen. That's the shout. That's the shout. That's the football like uh, purist shout. That's the that would be beautiful real... because they'll do good things with the money. They won't be a long term threat to us. It'll be like you know, like when Leicester was in the you know in the in the Champions League, you know, it wasn't really concerning anybody. And frankly, it hurt them the following season in the Premier League uh, because yeah. you know they didn't have the sustained ability to bulk up the you know and have eighteen good players. So. Um, and injuries finally caught up with them. So it's, you know, I would love it to be one of those teams. Frankly, who do I think is going to finish fourth? Um, it's real close between those two teams. I, I, I fear it is going to be Tottenham. 
I, uh, I do think it's probably like it's really hard because Liverpool are such a disaster class right now that you can't really bank on them to make up the gap. But then again, you can always bank on Spurs, Spursing it up. So it's like, it's like the hardest, hardest thing to figure out. I will say though, a back on the Carabao cup game. Let me just ask a quick question. Then we'll answer it after the Carabao cup. Is Conte going to renew his contract or what? Like, like it's got, he's got three months to do it. And I, know, I, I believe he's still. I, I, I heard that. Aren't they sniffing out Poch again? Which, to be fair, if there was one thing that I think that I don't think Spurs are in the right place for Poch, he'd have to completely rebuild that team because that team needs a rebuild. But if there was a coach that could do it, I do think Poch could bring them um, around. But he, at the end of the day, I don't think that it means they're going to win any trophy anytime soon. I mean, no, they didn't no. win a trophy and, and, under their best team. So, and, and financially speaking, if they don't make top four. I mean, they're, they, they're screwed. They, they are because they are in that 2009 to 2013 austerity stage where we were with our stadium. Uh, they've got, you know, in some ways their stadium payoff is a little bit better because the TV money's better to offset it. The interest rate is lower than what we were paying. The whole thing is is different, but they've but they're saddled with a billion pounds of debt, and that is not debt that the club's going to eat like the debt that Chelsea were saddled with. Um, I, I have know, a feeling under Roman if- so. I have a feeling if they don't make top four, I don't think Poch is interested in them, and I don't know who they can get. And I, I think, think that's their biggest problem is I don't think that they have a coach next season, like, at all. I don't think Conte I think their coach next season is probably Graham Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, honestly, that might be that might be his level, Potter. That might be the level that he needs to succeed. You know, that would be the step up from Brighton and the step and and not the leap up to, to a club with the expectations of, of Chelsea. Uh, that Potter actually needs to refine his form, um, but uh, I, yeah. Speaking of I mean, choosing, uh, speaking of choosing violence today, my comment on uh, the Carabao Cup is about Spurs, and um, it's this that yeah, yeah. Er- <laughs> Erickson literally left Spurs, died, came back to life, came back, joined Manchester United, and managed to lift a trophy before Harry Kane, and that that is. As much as I don't like United winning, that's something just mm, delicious. It drove us crazy from 2005 to 2014 when, when you know, it was, it was you know, 2,591 days without a trophy for Arsenal and until we finally won that FA Cup against Hull and, and exercised those demons. Um, you know, now I know the big trophies, the ones that we all want, we're still, you know, 20, almost 20 years in, uh, 19, 20 years in on, on, on missing. But um, it absolutely killed us. None of Arsenal's supporters were saying it's not all about trophies. We're, you know, look, you know, we're developing good players. We're scoring really nice goals. 80% of the Tottenham fan base that I've seen finds a way of celebrating Harry Kane and, and young min son and, and, you know, m- you know, these minimal achievements and saying, you know, it's not all about trophies. You know, Arsenal, the, the owner of Arsenal football club was once misquoted or deceptively quoted as implying that he didn't care about winning trophies, uh, which was not what he said and, and not what he meant. Um, well, you know, you know what's funny, and I and I always bring this up about Spurs. 
they are so desperate for a trophy, even though they try to play it off. You ask any Spurs fan right now, would you take getting outside of the top four and getting an FA Cup or a League Cup? And they'd say, yes, I take it every single time. Which means that in our worst years, when they were supposedly the superior team, they would swap places with us four times. Yeah. Though having said that they would never do that because they yeah. finished ahead of us. Would they yeah, would they rather finish twenty points behind Arsenal out of the top six out of Europe, but have an FA Cup to parade around this year? Because look, that's exactly where we were in mm. 2020. And we were not thrilled about it. We were thrilled about the cup, but we weren't thrilled about, you know, the overall plight of our club and then went ahead and finished eighth the following season as well with no trophy. So, you know, it, it's – but now it's what everyone wants now because it's all about, you know, it, it, it's it, – I don't know. I, I just the, – the, them them fan base, them fan base are just absolutely pathetic. By the way, Chad, go ahead and start streaming your questions in so that we can go ahead and get them, and then we're going to close up here, talk a little bit about the Everton game coming around the corner. I will go ahead and I will say this about uh, – I will say this about Spurs. The reason why they behave the way they do is because deep down inside, they know the truth and they don't want to say it out loud. The only reason why you've been relevant in the last decade is because we hate you. That is the only thing that keeps you in the media because the media use you as a tool to bash Arsenal. That is the only reason why anybody ever mentions you ever. Because otherwise, you guys would never get talked about, ever. That's the only reason. And 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 that's just the truth. And now that Arsenal are back in a superior position where the media can't use you to beat us anymore, we will never hear from you again until we're bad again, until we hit another cycle, another down cycle. You know what I mean? So yeah, and, that's, and, and, it's over for Spurs. Like, like you know what? It, six or so seven years. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just ruined your flow. Go, go ahead. I, I'm I'm going to get clipped up for saying this because I've already said that Chelsea's a dead club because it's true. If Chelsea fail to get top four this year and fail to get top four next year, they will not have fans in the stadium because they're a plastic club. And I'm now calling that I think that Tottenham are a dead club because if we remain to be better than them, which I do think that we will be, given the fact that half our team is like six years under their prime age, right? So if we manage to maintain this sort of form, it doesn't even need to be this good. We could be a, a top four team and they'll become irrelevant again. And they'll just go back in their little hidey holes down the street from us. Little brother energy, always looking up to us, always trying to. And they'll go, Harry Kane has more goals than Thierry Henry. And that's it. That's what you have to hold on to. The Harry Kane played longer than Thierry Henry goal, uh, trophy. And yeah. that's, you know. I, I can yeah, they will. There, there will be some empty seats next season if they don't make Europe because, uh, I mean, they're already – I mean, the, the, the sentiment there already – I mean, they are ex- – I mean, I posted on Twitter I, – I responded to somebody like four years ago when he was like, we're finishing ahead of you, you're not relevant anymore, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I'm like, you just built a billion-pound stadium. Hmm. Your owners are not – Roman Abramovich. Make an F1 track. To, to make a go-kart track, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, your owner Your owner is not, uh, you know, uh, he, he's not uh, Qatar. He's not the uh, the UAE. He is not Roman Abramovich. I'm like, 
this is your next five to six years. You're going to see what we are dealing with and, as, and, and why we've been below you for the last few years. And then mm. you're not going to be able to recover from it. Uh, and, and there's, there's a ton of people now who are like, I mean, because they're all out, all out, hate their ownership. Enoch out, uh, Levy out all the, I mean, they, they want them out. And, and, uh, when you funny, like club underperforming. And, and again, I'm, I'm fully, I'm saying this fully realizing that they're in the fourth place in the Premier League and have a chance of winning the FA cup right now, if they weren't Spurs. Um, <laughs> but, but generally speaking, if they don't hold on to that, they've got poor performance. They've got hatred with ownership. They've got stadium austerity and debt. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Hmm. Um, little, so. brother, little brother going through the same phase, but but little you have to remember when you're talking to your little brother. You, you know when you're talking to young people and they don't they they think they know it all. They're like you're you're wrong, old man. I'll never be you. And then lo and behold, you're right yeah. where we were. I've had a I've had a lot of that lately, actually, <laughs> <laughs> as you well know. Oh man! Just oh, because man. I'm dumb doesn't mean I'm not wise. Let me just let me just say that I I have lived just about fifty years on this planet, and I uh, I know me some stuff. Uh, but anyway, by the um, way, Mike's fiftieth is coming around. For those of you that don't know, and I and I expect I expect there's twenty eight of you in chat. I expect at least twenty eight happy birthdays on Twitter. At least. Well, look, um, I expect everyone in chat to come to Orlando on March 11th and 12th for the, for, for that weekend and, um, and, and join us for what's going to be the, uh, the birthday bash of, you know, it's gonna be the best 50th birthday bash I've ever had. And, um, <laughs> and, and we're going to, we're going to do the town. I know some of you will already be there. Uh, no excuse Dublin Gunner for not coming over. Uh, Demsec came over for Gunagra. You're coming over for this. Uh, mass gunner, same thing. Uh, you guys need to get over. The only way that you're not allowed, that you're not, you're okay not coming to Orlando in two weeks, uh, or it's a week and a half at this point, is if you can show me a game ticket for the Fulham match that get, that that day, because that's the only place that you would want to be other than here. Correct. Um, yeah. So uh, let's take some user questions. Yeah, let's do it. Um, First of all, thank you to uh, to the aforementioned Dustpan Joe for a five dollar super sticker. Um, I don't know what a super sticker actually accomplishes, other than to help uh, you know donate to the pod, which which does uh, end up going to Gunners versus Cancer. So thank you, uh, Dustpan Joe, for that. Um, and so we uh, will start with his question, which was. What are your thoughts on what the hell we're doing on corners? I don't know the stats, but the Leicester game, we look clueless. I'm guessing he means like offensively on corners or defending corners. He means, I think he means offensively on corners, which, you know, it's funny. Joey and I go way back and he, his and I arguments are, are literally world famous. And I just disagree with him here. I think that during what was it the Aston Villa game we scored off a corner. Uh that was the when we were doing the short corner routine. I thought that was interesting. I thought and I think that we've actually had a pretty decent return compared to um compared to how much you actually score off corners. I I think that it goes under the radar. This is a little bit of a stat that I used to get mad about with Giroud and I this isn't me coming at Giroud. Just, just bear it out. 
one of the things that everybody talked about was like, we need to get crosses in the box because Giroud is the greatest header of the ball ever. But I always tried, wanted to counter them by saying, crossing the ball into the box and getting a header is actually like the lowest percentile chance of scoring. So, is, so are corners. Beautiful man, by the way. So gorgeous. I mean, I could, I could literally lose myself in his eye. Um, but crossing the ball into the box is one of the worst ways to score a goal. And that's why you see such an incredibly low conversion rate among uh, corners, even in the Premier League. I think Arsenal are actually trending pretty highly among those. I, I think for a while in the first half of the season, you were actually top, but I think it's fallen off a little bit, which is maybe why uh, Joey's pointing out that what are we doing now? But I don't really think it's that bad. I just think it's the law of averages. Really. I think we've been, I mean, as we, we have, we spent, one of the worst corner takers of all time. And I know that every Arsenal fan contractually loves this man, but was Santi Cazorla. Um, I don't know if it's because he couldn't see over the first man, but he could not hit the ball over the first man. Rosinski was also pretty poor. Um, you know, it, I, we have gone through years and years and years. Mesut Ozil kind of sucked at it, to be honest with you. Uh, years and years and years where we just, I mean, we never even gave ourselves opportunities to get a touch on the, to flick it on, to get ahead on it, to outleap the opponent. We, we, we never got those chances at all. Um, and, you know, frankly, if it wasn't for the Ben White situation, we would have, we, we, we would have scored one on Saturday. Um, that, that was relatively speaking off of the corner. So I think our, our set piece offense has been much better. I think we've, you know, we've had a bit of a hiccup on set piece defending lately. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know, you know me and Ramsey and you and Giroux. That's him and Rosicki. Here, here I go because Thomas Rosicki was a beautiful, wonderful Rolls Royce of a player who never really exhibited that as often. I mean, it, it, injuries absolutely killed his Arsenal career. It doesn't yeah. mean I don't like him as a player, but like when people talk about him, and I don't know um, Aaron Ramsey as club le- legends, <laughs> I, I just don't see it. And frankly. I'm I'm on the fence, and this is gonna. People are gonna get very angry with me. I'm on the fence when it comes to Santi Cazorla as well. Well, well, when you say club legends, I don't think that anyone in the Emirates era can be called a club legend. I don't think that they're. I, in the I, Emirates I think era, I would. Is, I agree 100 percent with you. Other I, than the fact that 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 Henri ended his career at the Emirates, but but yeah, I know what you mean. And I think at different points in time, Aaron Ramsey, Mesut Ozil. Andre Arshavin and uh, Alexis Sanchez were the best players in the league in a particular year, but they were never over a long enough, sustained enough period of time where I would argue that they were the, you know, you could hit legendary status. And that's including Aaron Ramsey, like won us like two cups. Right. And I don't even think that was enough to, uh, I know Giroux, Giroux helped. She was there. He, he was there and it was beautiful. He was more than there. He, he was he put the listen, ball on Ramsey's feet and head twice. <laughs> listen, you got and Ramsey thanks him for that. Ramsey says thank you. You know, but somebody had the score. I love the that goal you're privy to those And for some reason, it wasn't the striker. I love that you're privy to those conversations. <laughs> 
but uh but yeah i don't i think that's a really good question so th- let me shoot this out to the audience and we're going to answer our, we're going to answer the next question is there anyone that you would consider during the emirates era an absolute arsenal legend and, and let us know down in the chat and we'll tell and, you and how they, wrong you are a little bit later. yeah and they, and they have to pretty much have completed their body of work in order to be evaluated that way because like like i look at the way um like the way Fabregas left. I mean, he didn't yeah. do enough to be a legend and, and, you know, and it kind of spanned the, the, the Emirates and, and Highbury rather than being all Emirates. But like there were. Same with Van Persie too. The, the way you leave has a lot to do with, with, with legend as well. And, and, and yes, I understand. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not lobbying for Giroud to be called an Arsenal legend. He, he, he wasn't here long enough. Um, he hit some of the metrics that you want to see hundred goals. Um, trophies that sort of thing but uh you know he's not a legend if you know any more than ramsey and and cazorla and and um and and uh fabregas would be considered legends and they were lovable players for sure he didn't he he didn't leave the club in disrepute and disrespect he ended up disrespecting the club after he left the club uh in a moment of weakness that was uh you know kind of forced upon him but he didn't leave the club in a bad way uh, despite where he left the club for. So I don't hold that against him. Uh, yeah, you look at the way Kashani left the club. Kashani wasn't a club legend anyway, but he, he the way he left the club, and there are some there are two different sides to every story, but the way he left the club to me made him dead to me. Magic Mike, I got a, I got a good one for you because this involves the transfer. Yeah, Would that. we have fewer points right now if we had gotten Mudrick over, instead of Leandro Trussard? I don't think you can say that you would, and there's two reasons behind that. Uh, one, Mudrick wanted to come here. He wanted to play here. He was begging to come here, and he would would have been absolutely ener- energized to come here. The reason he's failing at Chelsea isn't because there's not a player in there. It's because he's not happy there. He's he, he's his his country is literally war torn, and he was convinced influenced forced pick one to go to a club that has that that formerly had a russian owner that has fans who are plastic as as fuck 33 players or 34 players or something yeah who who like literally their dressing room is like you know the the you know the the pre the cocktail hour before uh you know a show where you're just meeting people and milling around it's not a it's not a tight unit and and he's he's not essentially getting the opportunity now to have a regular run of games. So you know, I don't think you just you, you just take Mudrick's performance at Chelsea, place it onto us, and say, yeah, I think we'd really be we'd be suffering for that because I think I think Mudrick gets out of the gate much much stronger if he transfers to Arsenal than to Chelsea. Um, the other not reason, to ma- not to mention, I think Arteta is a little bit of a specialist with that position and and working it. I, I think it goes under the radar. Yes, did Emery start Saka and Martinelli? Absolutely. But the them continuing to rise and level has a lot to do with Arteta, the same way that Sterling attributes Arteta to a lot of his success. Sané contributes Arteta to a lot of his success. I think that Arteta has a little about him that probably would have suited Mudrick more as well. I'm going to say this, and I hope that Arsenal don't get investigated over this, but I'm going to assume that Arteta and Mudrick spoke yeah. about the vision, 
about the process. Now, you know, tapping up or not tapping up, we know this happens. Uh, you know, the player doesn't doesn't agree personal terms ahead of time uh, with a club without getting a sense of what the vision is for how he'll be used, when he'll be used, now, next season, and then the future. Um, and I believe that he bought into that plan, and he would have been much more comfortable coming in for Martinelli or Saka in the 70th minute this season and playing and starting, uh, you know, in the FA cup, which we were still in at the time and, um, and the uh, Europa league games. I think he would have been perfectly happy with that. Instead, he went to a team, made more money, whether that was his motivation or not, uh, whatever the case may be. And he's entered a situation where there, there could not have possibly been a vision and a process and a plan that he was buying into and saying, okay, I'd love to go there because I really want to be a part of what they're doing. That That isn't the case. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that he started off this way. The other reason why I don't think we'd have less points if we signed him is because, frankly, February has been a pretty shitty month except for the last two games. I mean, we, dro- we dropped, we dropped uh, eight points uh, in three games. And, um, you know, so, no, I don't – I mean, and, still th- and we're still two up on City. All so, right. Yeah. And with a game in hand, I believe, uh, which we'll find out, you know, tomorrow how that goes. But, uh, but yeah. So no, I don't. I don't think it's less. It's a great question, uh, and and I adamantly disagree with this, Matt, uh, Matthew, that the guy just wanted an EPL move, and like, if he would have been happy moving to any quote unquote top six team, or even Newcastle, or Brighton, or West Ham, you know, a huge in the in the scheme of history, uh, you know. English Premier League team. I don't think he wanted an EPL move. I think he wanted to come to Arsenal, and um, and once once he became someone who was just going to be transferred, it got a little bit more complicated, potentially a little bit more corrupt, very very dubious, and uh, and 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 he made a decision that so far one month in is is absolutely a shambles for him. We got a really spicy chat today, and I think that we got another spicy question. Would you win the league this year, but then be mid-table for the next five years, or finish second but stay in Champions League for five straight years? I hate this kind of question, and the, and the the irony is that like it 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 implies that, and I and I understand the reason for it, Nick. So it implies that like the the outcome in 2023 dictates the outcome in 2024 through 2029 <laughs> which is which is absurd on its face but i you know i know the whole would you rather thing and why and and um ultimately the question is would you rather win the league and then just have another five shitty years or would you rather not win the league but get in the champions league for five straight years and i'm assuming that that second scenario prevents you from winning the league in any of those five years as well. Uh, you know, because because we're going to be in the Champions League for five straight years and be competing for the league every season as I see it, whether we finish first or second this season. So, you know. It, 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 for me, for me though, if we were taking the question at face value, because I do agree with your framework there, I don't like the framing. It's, I, it's a little bit of the Gary Neville framing, right? Like, this is the ceiling for Arsenal. There's nothing else they can possibly oh, do the next yeah, year. Like, like the garbage that he spews every single week. I'm surprised people pay him so much money. But I know that hating on Arsenal gets you clicks, so there you go, you know. But, matter of fact, by the way, shout out to Jamie Carragher, who who they figured it out, like, 
like uh, Gary Neville's like, I will crap on Arsenal and, and uh, Jamie Carragher kind of plays good cop. And it's really working out for Jamie. I, I have to I, say, I got, I got to tell you, I watched the, uh, the Paramount, uh, you know, the, the, the pre and halftime and post game show that, that Thierry Henry, uh, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned this on the show before Thierry Henry, Carragher and, um, and hilarious uh, by the way, and Micah Richards uh, with um, uh, ooh, what's Kate Abdo. Uh, the best studio show, I mean, with with uh, with plaudits to NBC for Rebecca Lowe, who does an incredible job and and has uh, you know the the the, the co host that she does with him. What they do is, I mean, it's hilarious. It it's it's also good, and 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 it, it has me really kind of liking Jamie Carragher. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. We we said this uh, last week when I did my meme of the week last week. I showed the clip of uh, Micah Richards and them. Well, there's no no. The clip from this week is uh, Micah Richards. They're asked, "Would you take, you know, triple your salary, but you'd have to play for a rival team?" Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, oh I I uh, I loved that. I loved. And that. Micah Richards being from City, going, "I'm all about the Benjamins, baby," made so much sense. And then Thierry Henry goes, "I'd have to play for Spurs." No. Joking, yeah. not joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is which is funny because five minutes earlier in that same segment, they they were like, "Who's the one manager you never played for that you wish you could have?" Tiane, Thierry Henry said Jose Mourinho. Well, he was Tiane in that Jose moment. Mourinho. Yeah, he, he was, was definitely Tiane. Tiane, yeah, Tiane. In that I mean, you know, one of the things I thought that I had taught, and I have many things I can teach to Thierry Henry, but one of the things that I thought I had imparted to him in this moment was never say that you wish you could have played for Jose, Jose, Jose Mourinho. I, I, I turned to him after this picture was taken. And as he kissed me on the cheek and thanked me for this picture, I said, don't ever admit to, you know, to saying anything positive about Jose Mourinho. And he started off with that. And I, and I, I threw my television in the pool. Uh, and then apparently he redeemed himself by saying he wouldn't have taken triple the money to play for Spurs. Can, can uh, we say something about the Jose Mourinho thing? Because now I love calling him Jose because it's just it's just such not his or, or uh, yeah Jose is just not his name. I just but it's, don't care. I yeah. just I just don't care about this. What well, Mike Hernandez likes to call him. Um, but but the thing is is uh, now that we're far enough away from it, remember that period of time when he was available and people were talking about like let would oh, you take him? God. And I I I just it was all these, thinking, it was all these are big manager name merchants. It was all these big. It was all these just name merchants that you know, uh, Mourinho, Conte, Allegri. Like, forget the fix, Ancelotti. Forget the fix. Forget the fit. I'm sorry. Forget the fit at Arsenal in the time frame that we were at the time that these names were being bandied about. Forget the relation that what we needed as a club, as opposed to you know where the the other clubs, the massive clubs that they've worked at are. There's just name merchants who just they, they want the biggest name players, the biggest name coaches, biggest name managers, and they don't care how it fits. And I just I, I, I think we need to understand that we've gotten past that at this point, because, I mean, if nothing, if the last few years have shown us nothing, it's that the names on the back of the jerseys or the initials on the on the front of your of your coaching gear uh, really don't matter uh, and, and hold a candle to the. Fit values and of the psychology club. and the and the and the, the the desire to fit into a to you know to what's happening and you know we just you, you still continually see it oh I'd still replace uh, 
I'd still replace, uh, you know, Arteta with Tuchel or, or I mean, grow up, Get man. Out. It, it is what it is. Listen, we're never going to win everybody over. We are really bad at answering questions, by the way. We didn't even answer the last one. But yeah, I, the, I, the, an, the answer is be, because I uh, the, the five-year thing, because I think we're here to stay, I, I don't buy into the, oh, well, you know Chelsea will overtake us, and you know Newcastle is going to overtake us, and you know United are back, and – no, I don't know that uh, because everything goes season by season. So I would, I would, I would be okay finishing second and competing for league titles and Champions Leagues for the next five years. Then the alternative, which by definition was that we would be completely out of Europe and and be the seventh or worst or worse team in in England for the next five years. Because the reality is, if the first thing happened, we would see Saka in a City shirt. Absolutely, we would see Odegaard in a we'd Chelsea ha- we'd shirt. Have, we'd have the parade this season, which is good, which would be great. And then we'd see we'd see all of these players departing. I can't. Uh, we'd be right. I'm sorry. Like I literally, that hurts me to even think about. Like I I cannot think about Saka playing for any other team right now. And it's I don't it's mean to be so possessive over him because I know it's a possibility. But I it's literally something I've dreamt about, like talking him down. Like that's how bad it is. KSE would have to literally say, "Okay, what? All right, we're 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 cashing out." And I don't mean selling the team. I mean we're taking all these revenues that we're getting now that we're back in the Premier League and paying back our loan that you know that the club owes us, and 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 maybe sell a player or two, and use that money to help pay back our loan. And they're not going to do that. They're not in here. They're they're not in this to get paid back. They're in this to to, to continue to be strong. And. Oh. Uh, and, Let's and move so, on to yeah, the yeah, the yeah. next question, which is tomorrow. Start party tomorrow and let him rest Saturday and play Georgie and Jaka again versus Bournemouth and then ready for Lisbon's. So basically the idea is we have a midfield right now where it looks like we have three players for two slots, Jaka, party and um, Jorginho. Who do you start and what do you prioritize when? If Partey's fit to play 60 or 70 minutes, I'll start him tomorrow. Um, I'll start him tomorrow uh, if he's fit. And and, and no, I mean, in in thinking about these two games specifically, it's home against Everton and then home against Bournemouth. I think it's home against Bournemouth. Yeah, because we played away against Bournemouth in the Saliba game. Um, Saliba. So, so, yeah, if we got back to back home, yeah, it is back to back homes for Everton and Bournemouth. I mean, obviously, I, I I I rate the Bournemouth game as a slightly easier one than than uh, than Everton, and I also know that Everton. I mean, we really Everton's set up against us. The Sean Dyche set up in the last game. We need as and I was going to say progressive and forward thinking, but Jorginho's been lighting it up, passing the ball forward. I, I would start Partey if he's healthy tomorrow, and if he needs to rest on Saturday, feel perfectly comfortable putting Jorginho in there. But you know, if he's if if Partey's not healthy enough or not really fully back enough to play a full ninety, um, don't risk him. No problem going in reverse there. Let me. That's, let me the, that's the reason we signed Jorginho. Let, was let me drop three months. I have no problem with either one of them starting. Let me drop some tactics, and then I'm going to ask you a question. But the reason why I I agree with the Partey thing is, listen, I am not trying to sound like a Jorginho hater. I very much appreciate what he's done, 
But what you will see, even in the Leicester game, right, when they switched up the midfield and had a little bit more speed going through that midfield, you saw Jorginho kind of lose some of those athletic battles. And I think Everton are going to be more athletic than what we've experienced in the last game. In fact, I would say that some of the reason why Jorginho didn't have the impact we wanted in the City game or the Brentford game was because I think he's he's a fantastic passer of the ball, incredibly progressive, telescopic. And, and by the way, right up here too, interceptions on point. But the thing is, is you can run past them. And that's a little problematic when the guy that you're covering for in that sixth position, because he's slightly more advanced, is Granite Jaka. Granite Jaka is also not the greatest athlete. And I think that when you like, like if you remember back at the Manchester uh, United game, that that when Partey had to make up all that ground on Anthony and just turned on the afterburners, that's just not in Jaka and Jorginho's game. You know, what's interesting. And this is where my question comes from. Say we start party tomorrow. Do you start Jaka or Jorginho? Well, and and that's the I was thinking that you know it, we don't necessarily have to choose between the two, um, but I'm going to leave that up to the tactic heads because uh, you know I think they can play side by side, but you know this Everton thing is it, this Everton thing is going to be in, and and this will kind of be our preview for the game while we're answering uh, user questions. This Everton thing is is getting to be a bit of a bogey situation for me, and is only increased in in the Sean Dyche situation, who you know never had that much success against us, but he always gave us trouble. He can game plan for Arsenal, and we have to unlock and overcome the game plan. We did not do that in the mm. game against them a few weeks ago. So going to sound so weird, but I love that you said that, and the reason I love it is. You haven't been as nervous about games lately, and now that you're nervous again, I almost feel more confident that we're going to win. You know, yeah, it's a little bit of superstition. Me. You know what as I mean? As soon as I th- start thinking we turn the corner, you know, and I start pushing my chest up, I was strangely never more confident that chest back game, in though, than, than the Leicester City game. Um, and and you know, we did dominate, but it wasn't it wasn't a dominating outcome. But the uh, but yeah, I know I am I am back to being a little bit nervous about these games and and uh you know i'll be nervous about every game now between between now and the end of the season but uh whatever arteta figures knowing what he knows about the fitness of the players knowing what he knows about how the last everton game went i'm here for it you start eddie or trussard oh um i start trussard again but maybe don't but but maybe shift things around a little bit after 55 minutes as a so that we can go back to the opposite way on on Saturday. ESR played forty five minutes for the oh. under twenty three. How did he do? I heard I heard that uh, that that him and um, and uh, who else was it that's returning? Uh, QER, our, our yeah. new center oh, yeah. yeah, probably butchering his name. And until I hear it, I Jakob, Jakob, Jakob. But um, real quick, uh, real quick question. I'm going to give a really quick answer. Uh, where do you expect the U.S. Uh, the summer tour to go? The summer tour this year is going to be in Australia. No, it's so, not. No, it's not. It's not. No, I thought it was oh, officially. You're, you're, you're a little bit behind the time. See, you're on the inside, but you're not that much on the inside. I thought that we. I thought that we. Got Australia back was and- the plan. Uh, Mikel Arteta nixed that because he did not want to take them so far away on uh, and and into a completely different hemisphere. Um, and so they are coming to 
the U.S. And more than likely, that what I'm hearing is, uh, yeah, the U.S. and England, both in the Northern Hemisphere, um, they will be uh, playing in L.A. at the new SoFi Stadium. And there's a possibility that they might be playing in D.C., which obviously would make me happy. Can I stay at your place? Bump Bates? Absolutely. The uh, F out of the bed. Yeah, you. <laughs> I've been doing that anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, it's more like the other way around. But the um, the MLS All Star Game is July 19th, and um, and I'm hearing rumors that we may be the opponent, much like we did in 2016 in uh, in, in San Jose. So, um, didn't hear that from me. I'm just parroting what the gerbil has told people already. Um, at at uh, Jerby Football, I think is uh, is the Twitter. If you want to, uh, if you want to follow the gerbil, uh, but yeah, that's where I expect the uh, the summer tour to go. Good question. Good answer. Masco, um, second question from Show us your unicorn. The unicorn uh, is a little is feeling a little deflated right now. Uh, I have to, uh, you know, before tomorrow's game, I got to pump him back up again and uh, and get him back in the pool. So uh, I have maybe, a feeling that it's deflated because you gave it too many pumps in the first place. You know that can happen, but uh, no, it uh, it is not floating around behind me in the in, in the pool today. It's sitting up on the on the on the outside bar with its head all drooped over because it's got two different parts. It's got a pump for the body and then a pump for the head, and the and the and somehow the opening for the pump on the head got got opened yesterday, and it's just like, hey, we win the hey, if we win the league, are we uh, we doing the parade together in England? I am doing everything I can to get over there if that happens. If that happens, and Jake will, Jake, I promise Jake that 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 we would be going if that ends up happening. And it's the timing could not be worse, but I'm not missing that if that happens. Yeah, there's but no let's not let's not speak of that again until <laughs> until <laughs> the middle of May. Well, um, speaking of speaking of drawing things to a close and speaking on things we shouldn't speak of, and I'm going to say speak five more times. Um. Let's go ahead and wrap it up because I can see it's getting really dark. You can't keep track of the alligator behind you anymore. And I'm going to ask you a question that you're not going to want to answer. Give me the score prediction for tomorrow. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. That's my answer when, when I don't really want to answer. It's 2-2 it's 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 two, two tomorrow. Although I will, t- I will, I will tell you that. Plastic fan. Back I, okay, your team. This is funny because – I have uh, somehow I was introduced to uh, to someone that does an Everton podcast, um, and last year uh, they asked me to do kind of a score prediction video to upload to to like a reel that they do, a score prediction video from you know from the opposing fans' viewpoint, and I did one, and I mentioned you know look we tend to you know tend to do the opposite we tend to you know do favors to teams that really really need them. And, uh, and so, you know, hopefully we don't do that again. And then, of course, that was the game that we absolutely shit the bet on last year, even when Frank Lampard was managing the team. Um, I did a second one for them a few weeks ago before the game, and we lost that game. So I got a, I got a, a WhatsApp from the guy again a few days ago, and he's like, how'd you like to do another video? Um, and I'm like, I'll do another one, but – you might not like it too much, and uh, and and this is I'm going to play for you now the video that I did for them, uh, which I recorded yesterday. So here we go. I'm, I'm it's not I'm just going to hold my phone up to the screen. 
Hey, all you coffees. It's Magic Mike from the Hooters Podcast. Arsenal through and through. Even got Bakaya Saka's unicorn here with me in the pool. Um, and this is the third video I've done for y'all. Uh, and yes, I said y'all. Um, the first two have not worked out particularly well for our football club. Um, as uh, Everton seems to have our number. So here's my prediction for Wednesday. 6-1 Everton. Uh, clearly you guys are better than we are. Clearly you've got our number. You've figured out how to play against us. And there is just no chance that we can get within five goals of you. And, um, and, and if anyone understands superstition, you'll understand exactly what I'm doing. But Everton 6, Arsenal 1. I love I, I love Mike because he's not superstitious. He's a little stitious, you know what I mean? Just a little stitious. Yeah, I, I'm uh, moderately stitious. Um, you, you know what's funny? Speaking of superstition and that's called a reverse Joe, jinx, right there. By the way, Dustpan Joe can can uh, confirm this. Uh, Andre and Joey, when we were first watching Arsenal, I was first becoming an Arsenal fan. Every time the three of us got together to watch a game, we lost. And I have not watched a game with both of them in the same room for 10 years. I kid you not. Because I don't believe in that stuff. But what if I'm wrong? And I'm not arrogant enough to let Arsenal suffer for my arrogance. You know what I mean? What I've always, it's always been about the shirt. You know, I'll wear one shirt until we lose. And I don't, I won't wash it either. Um, You know, but I, I, I mean, I don't wear it like all day, every day until we lose. I wear it for the games and then I take it off. Uh, but like, you know, so I wore this one until we lost to United, uh, away. And then I switched up to a different one and then we went on a big streak. And so I wore that one. Um, when we lost to, who was it? Uh, Everton, the next game after that, was it Brentford? Yeah. Was it, was that the one where we were robbed and we didn't lose? I, I, I didn't really know what to do about that one. And then I was all nervous. We lost against City, so I had to, I had to, I had to ditch that one for the Villa game. It was a seven thirty a.m. kickoff here, and I was up until like four thirty the night before. So I watched that one in bed with no shirt on, and because we won the way we won, I was a little worried because I'm like, now I have to just not have any shirt on when I go to games. And sometimes I like to go to the pub. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, the Leicester game, uh, I did watch from the pool, uh, but I had a shirt on cause I'm not that comfortable with my outdoor, uh, naked body yet. Uh, but, uh, anyway, I like how you've been in the South for five minutes and you're dropping y'alls. Yeah. Well, if we, uh, if we don't lose again until, until the Fulham game on March, uh, March 12th, I may very well show up to the bar without a shirt on. <laughs> Uh, okay, so it's been an hour and 45 minutes, and I believe Amy Lawrence said that podcast uh, yeah. should be no longer than and 45 it was, it was an hour and 45 minutes, right? I, we were, I think it was just a communication error. Yeah, yeah. She either said 45 minutes to an hour, or she said an hour and 45 minutes. I, I don't remember which one it was. Um, I feel like I'm letting <laughs> her down every time we do this. Um, we should just cut this into two different podcasts for, for like when we release it to... Uh, uh, to like Spotify and stuff, so that maybe we can try to convince people that we're doing reasonable podcasts. But we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, we're on uh, Sirius XM Radio. <laughs> we're on, uh, I need to get my I need to get my lawyer to work this contract out. I feel we're like I'm contract. We're <laughs> but, 
soon as you want a contract, I'll show you how much uh, in, in, in debt I am for the on behalf of our podcast compared to what it, what the what the royalties are. Um, but yeah, I, we're on BBC. Uh, we're, That's just uh, me. Since we're I we're on uh, BBD East Coast Family. We're on all of those networks. So uh, Aston, as always, it's been fun. Sorry for the questions that we didn't get into. Thank you for the. Uh, we were on Pornhub for a while. Uh, those of you who followed us three or four or five years ago, uh, we did have a brief stint of, of posting our shows on Pornhub, um, <laughs> which is just a funny story, which I'm not going to tell now, but. Um, made a lot of people happy if you know what i'm saying and uh and so yeah that's it aston where are you watching the game this weekend or tomorrow uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow will be at xl xl soccer if you're in orlando and if you're ever visiting uh the orlando gooners meet at xl soccer tomorrow at 3 p.m check it out you ever have you ever considered asking them to change it to xl football um will they not do that um no or you're not one of those guys that finds shame in saying the word soccer like I do because I, I I have a desperate need to be accepted by people and so I uh, I hate saying soccer unless I'm talking about like youth soccer here in the states like when my son I just play. don't want the 20 minute conversation with Americans over calling it football like it it's just gonna get dumb and then people will start showing up in like you know American football gear it'll be weird so it's not nah, I'm good. <laughs> That would be the funniest part is if someone shows up for the Arsenal game with like an Arsenal helmet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, did we get your prediction for tomorrow? Oh, yeah. My prediction is going to be 2-0 to the Arsenal. Nice. All right. Well, let's hope that happens. Uh, I have a feeling you might be right, but uh, we're going to have to get over this hump in order to win this goddamn Premier League. Is, uh, is, this Everton hump is, uh, is going to need to happen. So, Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this outro video that still still does not include Aston in it. Uh, and therefore, not even on Black History Month. Try, you know what? Because, because it involves people playing soccer, that's why. Come on, you Gooners. <laughs>